program. Sir, I'm ready. Right, five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back, everybody, to the Chromecast. I'm Luke. I am Jonathan. I'm Joshua. And you are joining us for what is this? The seventeenth season. Thanks, straight one seven. Oh, the big, the big one seven. Uh, we're in episode two of that, and we're talking about some more poetry. Having a hot, hot poetry slam tonight. Uh, we're going to be iambic. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be talking about some Howard poetry again. That's what we're getting into. I think if I was hard pressed to pick a theme, I was uh, I was sorting around here. It seems like the through line is is color and the way that Howard uses color to sort of paint the the landscape of his of his written word. Okay. So that's what I'm. That's what I was going for with the th- the three poems that I picked. Uh, I couldn't find any better of a theme. I like it. It's a good theme. That's what I'm going for. Let's not be derogatory right off the bat, Luke. No, I think it'll be good. Good. It's cool. It's just a, a loose confederation of 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 poetry that we're going to read tonight. But they made you feel things. All of them, I think, are really cool. So there you uh, go. Yeah. So we're going to read some poems. We're going to talk about them. Uh, let's see. What are you drinking, John? Uh, I brought some High West Double Rye whiskey tonight. Uh, last year at Halloween, one of my neighbors, as a bourbon podcast, uh, I can't remember the name or I would advertise it, uh, he had a table set up and he was handing out free shots and he gave me a little plastic cup of this and I thought it was quite tasty and I saw it at the store the other day and I was like, I want to buy that for the next Chromecast session, so. Nice, man. It's made in Utah. A little made different than Utah. what we usually drink on the show. High West. Yeah. I got a couple High West, like, camp cups. Yeah? Um, one of their one of their, their buddies or their oh. members. Yeah. Uh, I like their stuff, Patreon man. of High West. Like, what I, do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. I just signed up. The same way that you sign up to be, like, part of the Maker's Mark or the Wild Turkey or the the Four Roses. What? Like, like the, the gift group or whatever. I had no idea this was a thing. Dude, Yeah. Yeah, wow. you didn't get like your your deck of cards from Maker's Mark last year, no. or your pair of socks the year before. No. Oh man, yeah, sign up. I gotta look into this. Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, those types of uh, uh, fan kind of kind of kind of brand things, but High High West is legit, dude. Yeah, they're they're great. They've been making some good bourbon for sure. You make you like took me way back on a machine to my childhood. My dad used to send in all of his Marlboro tops. And we had a lot of Marlboro branded stuff. In yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> duffel bags, uh, duffel bag, a sleeping bag. I distinctly remember the sleeping bag. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we may still have the sleeping bag. Really? My my, <laughs> my aunt, yeah, saved the uh, the tops. What are you drinking, Josh? I have right now some some stout coffee. Yeah, it from, smelled good. Yeah, it is good. Uh, it's gonna uh, fortify me, and then I'm gonna partake of some of the uh, the bourbon of poetry. You could mix capital them. B, capital P. <laughs> Round us out, Luke. 
So I'm likewise drinking some of this uh this good good uh Kirkland signature uh green bag coffee. Mm, so good. And uh we got a bottle of ancient age ninety proof somewhere around here. Somewhere. Uh, oh, it's on behind my my behind Stanley my Stanley thermos full of that uh, that good good coffee. Some of that good good stuff. Uh, so we got good coffee. We got good bourbon. We got some good double rye whiskey here. And let's see here. This uh, this High West is ninety proof. We got the ninety proof Ancient Age. So we're not we're not slacking with any like eighty or eighty six no. proof no whiskeys. I like that. I nah. wish Ancient Age would sponsor us. I would love to open the show. It was an Ancient Age undream. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> true. Yeah. That's that's Buffalo Trace, though. They ain't going to play. They're going to no. be like, we got the B-Tac. Wrestling those Blanton's dollars. That's right. Yeah. Got to adjust my monocle, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Good so what is a podcast. We don't even need to be part of the bourbon trail. <laughs> We're on our own. <laughs> well, now they're definitely not going to sponsor us. Yeah, so that's no. okay. They can be salty. We hope they listen, though. Making enemies. These are hot takes. <laughs> We're going to get sponsored by Wild Turkey Four Roses, <laughs> Makers Mark, Heaven Hill. I do like to think that Jimmy Russell listens. And Jim Beam. Yeah. All of those. Yeah. We'll get the big five, that's and we'll just one. leave B-Tac and uh, Buffalo Trace. Out in Frankfurt. They can go hang out in their little dirty old inside of Frankfurt town. There you go. We'll go out in the hills. Franklin County fools. <laughs> That's right. Throw in shade. We're gonna we're gonna go down to river for <laughs> some <laughs> some wild turkey. Around the hills for Maker's Mark. There we go. Or yeah. Woodford. We even forgot Woodford well, too. Woodford, yeah, yeah. They're, they're gonna sponsor us too. Yep. I hope so. We got six. Man, that double. Not oak. even five, we're going up to six. They oak it, then they oak it again, John. It's yeah, real good. They <laughs> They're like twice the trees. We yeah. oaked it so hard. Let's do it again. Yeah. Next if, it's nice, you, if it's nice, do it twice. Next time you come over, we'll. we'll ha- I have a single barrel double oak I bought a while back. That we'll all good. have a shot. It yeah, is. Man. It is yeah. quite delightful. Yes. Welcome to Bourbon Cast. The oak was so nice. They had to do it twice. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys. So uh, let's round this out. <laughs> that's what we're. That's what we're drinking. Uh, we'll circle around. We'll do some one things. John, what's your one thing? My one thing is going to be. A comic book series that I no, I changed my mind last <laughs> oh, second. Pivot. You, you flew I in. <laughs> I I was debating, and now I I have changed my mind. Uh, you're a maverick <laughs> in a in a fighter plane. You, you weaved and you wobbed, and yep. you were like, no, I'm changing it. Uh, I'm Allen Iverson. That's a deep cut NBA joke Alan for you. Iverson. Two. <laughs> uh, you took my yeah. top gun and you NBA it. I'm Pistol Pete Mary. Oh yes, that's even better. <laughs> Uh, I'm going with Sherlock Holmes pastiches. Uh, I dipped my toes into a couple recently. One is by Michael Cabin or Chabin, I think is how his name is pronounced. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pulitzer Prize winning author of The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. Pulitzer Prize. Yep. Yeah, he's kind of a big deal. He's he is cool kind dude. of a big deal. Uh, yeah. So, and uh, so he wrote a uh, Sherlock Holmes pastiche I heard was good called The Final Solution. Uh, features an elderly Holmes. And he's a beekeeper, mm. and he meets a mute Jewish boy sort of in the midst of World War II that is, like, wandering the English countryside. What? I may be uh, misremembering, but I do think that he recently visited Cross Plains, and I saw on Project Pride on their Facebook page 
that he was there hanging out and did the did the picture thing. So that doesn't shock me at all because in the back of this really thin novella, it was there was an interview with him and then they asked him who his favorite genre writers were. He was going on about how genre right. is not genre and like literature, they should just all merge it together. And Robert E. Howard was, I think, number five or six on his top ten genre writer list. So that's awesome. Doesn't shock me at all that he would go make a trip to Cross Plains. Uh, yeah. But it is a cool book. He's a cool guy. Uh, Sherlock Holmes pastiches are fun. That's my one. With thing. the with the beekeeper. That yeah, that was the part that's first off intrigued me. But uh, then the mystery is also good. And that's cool, parrot. man. Yeah, and then I got I got another one I just started called the Seven Percent Solution, which is a little older, but other people than. Conan Doyle, they got they got that Sherlock Holmes heartbeat in them, mm-hmm. so they're putting it on paper. So check them out. Is it your turn? I think it's my turn. Yeah, go for it, Joshers. Um, Luke's one thing last week is mine this week. Uh, <laughs> That's so awesome. I, start, I did start reading The Fisherman, and um, I really enjoy it. I like it a lot. That has been sort of how I've been spending my my downtime, um, and sort of cross referencing that with like thinking about. Like local, um, what's what's the term I'm trying to think of? Like mm, when you throw local information into like flavor, yeah, like, yeah the yeah, local yeah, flavor, like a yeah. regional, like a regional artist or mm-hmm. a regional author, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so this is all all set in New York, like Luke pointed out last time, like uh, upstate New York in the Catskill Mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, and thinking about Lovecraft and and his New England and Howard and his you know, spooky pines uh, <laughs> of, of Texas. Um, I just, I, I wrote a story that uh, wound up in Chromecast Chronicle about uh, spooky Cthulhu mythos type monsters in a coal mine, mm-hmm. um, which is an idea I had forever and ever and ever and gestated on it. And the story just never, it never gelled the way I wanted it to. But I love this notion of, knowing a whole lot about your your local environment, local, your, your local landscape, the history of it, and weaving all of that into something spooky and scary. And so in our Call of Cthulhu game that we are not recording, it's not a show, we're just playing it, um, I am uh, running a game that is set in 1930s, uh, set in Kentucky and uh, Southern Ohio and Cincinnati. And... Um, I've really been getting into learning about the jazz scene in Cincinnati in the 1920s and 30s. And I don't know if we've talked about this on the show, but that learning about that local flavor, um, you know, what, what the bourbon industry was like in Lexington mm-hmm. during prohibition, what the, the, you know, the jazz scene in Cincinnati, the, the underground sort of, um, you know, black recording artists who uh were putting out awesome stuff there has just been a lot of fun. That is fun. Um, and reading the Fisherman really kind of drove those things home. I've been really thinking about, you know, the way that this guy kind of uses this opportunity as a way to talk about how beautiful and majestic and eerie and kind of terrifying the Catskill Mountains are. Mm-hmm. Like I've never been there before, but I can visualize right. it, and it's it's. It's spooky. And so he's got the Langan, the author of the book has got that local flair down, especially in terms of his, his horror writing. Cool. Yeah. It really makes me want to go and camp in the Catskills and read some spooky, 
stories next to the the campfire and have a bourbon and get chased by the headless horseman. Get chased by the headless horseman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Seems, yes. It seems very dark, right? Like yeah. like the way that he sort of paints his descriptions of of those streams and rivers and the forests around them that like you could uh, descend down a short slope towards a stream and then you're just like in the darkness, like you just sort of disappear. It is, it is very uh, atmospheric. Like mm-hmm. overall, his descriptions are great, and so I'm I'm excited that you're liking it, man. I, I like it a lot. The, uh, the veil is cool. thin uh, in in this yeah. world that he's built. Um, can I tell a real quick story? Sure, man. Um, when I was a PhD student collecting aquatic insects um, in a stream down in southeastern Kentucky with uh, another another person who was helping with the project uh, who worked in the same lab as me. Um, and we were down in uh, around Pineville, Kentucky, which is part of Pine Mountain, this this long mountain, this ridge, this upland that kind of go, runs diagonally with the state from Tennessee up through Kentucky into Virginia. Kind of separates Kentucky and Virginia. Kind of, like, There's about yeah. 20 miles of Kentucky that fall inside the state line, but that's where the mountain is. That's right. So yeah. south uh, east of that is uh, Cumberland Gap, and so this this area is full of history. Um, it is it is remote, you know, rugged. Uh, you don't always have cell service. Yeah, and and in fact, that was the case uh, <laughs> down in those those creeks. And what you had to do was you park the truck at the mouth of the creek and you hike up about a mile above the the mouth of the creek where you parked. And then uh, in the spring, when the waters are, are really running, you can't hear the person that you're you're working with if they're more than, you know, 30 feet upstream or downstream of where you are. That You know, it's just super loud. Very steep gradient, swift moving, but shallow water. And um, I remember being up there with this other guy, he was upstream of me about 60 feet or so. He was doing his part of the data collection. I was doing mine. And I, at one point, I just happened to to stand up because this is a lot of crouching and, and bending down and um, picking up little samplers and things like that. So I stood up, stretched my back, tried to crack my shoulders. And I looked up the creek and the guy I'm with is staring up the stream at something. And he is completely still. And it freaked me out completely. And then not much longer after that, he turned, his face was pale white and he started moving downstream very quickly. And when he caught up to where I was, I I said, what's, you know, what's going on? Is someone up there? What's up? And he said, I heard a banshee. And I said, what? And he said, no, I heard a banshee and I'm going to the truck. I remember this and, story. <laughs> and he yeah. he was so frightened. Like right. he he heard a banshee. Right. In his mind, he heard a banshee right. and was so convinced that there was something unnatural up that creek that he was like, I'm, nope, I'm out. We, we, we were not done collecting data. Samples. <laughs> yeah. We were not done. We needed another good 20 minutes or so to finish everything up and, right. and leave. And uh, he was telling me, I'm not staying here in this in this creek. And that feeling of you know, I was frustrated. I'm like, there are no banshees. That this is not Ireland. There are no banshees here. Right. That, that was my rationale. Like, right. like we're not in Ireland. There right. are no banshees. If not I'm going to ban- apply logic into this ghost exactly. problem, 
Yeah. You're not, in the wrong location. Yeah. It's probably some other ghost. No. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, I was very frustrated. But then after he left, you know, because he, he peaced out. Right. Right, and, right. And I'm like, I'm frustrated. But then I'm collecting all the data that it would have taken us both to do. Now it's taking going to take me half an hour or right. so. And the more I thought about it and the weirdness of it, the more I'm like, man, what if he did see something? Up this <laughs> right. Like, what if something is up there? And that feeling of, of maybe something's watching me and my imagination just running wild with me out in the woods. Right. Alone. Um, alone. In Pine Mountain. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what. Uh, it it wormed its way into my mind. And yeah, that man. Is the, that's the fear that, that the fisherman conjured. Mm-hmm. It's, it's and dread. That, that magic sort of hour which probably at the end end of the sampling period, you're mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, you can kind of feel it uh, when the when the light starts going away mm-hmm. and the sun starts slinking down. Yeah, it's it's spooky, man. If you're everybody talks a big game when they're out in the woods, and I think that you and I we've spent a fair amount of time a out good there, good number of hours, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I ain't no Freddy cat, but if if you ever say I ain't been scared in the woods, what's there to be scared about? You're you're either uh, flexing or you don't know what you're talking about because the woods can be freaking scary. That's all there is to it. That's that's and why. Your, and your mind runs runs circles around you. Yeah, you have you can't to, help it. Yeah, you have. You, there's no way you can keep it all in check. It, it takes a remarkable amount of willpower, I think, or or a lack of imagination or something. I don't right. know, but but anyway, uh, that's a that's a tangent. But the the fisherman r- reminds me of that that kind of I don't know dread. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, maybe somebody is up there. Right, dude. I'm so excited uh, for you to keep reading. Uh, so you're in the diner, is that I'm in right? In the diner, yeah. I, I feel like I'm about halfway. I'm reading it on the Kindle, so okay. I, I think that I am about halfway through cool. the book. Yeah, yep. Because it's a weird. I know we've talked about it off mic, like we've texted about it since the last recording, and we've talked about kind of the structure of it. It's a funky story. Uh, I am going to interject right here, and I don't know if you guys are cool with this. I th- I think we'll be fine. We let's play a quick little voicemail that we received from uh, a listener, mm-hmm. Sarah. Yeah, uh, she seems to to dig on the fisherman too. So let's hear from Sarah right about now. Okay. Hi, my name is Sarah. I'm listening to your pulp poetry episode. My dad would have loved it. I in, I inherited a number of pulp magazines from him, and he loved for us to recite poetry for him for. Like birthday, memorize a poem. Don't give them a gift. Memorize and say a poem to them. Um, and on the one things, um, I too have read uh, The Fisherman by John Langan that Luke um, Luke has read. Uh, no spoilers, but I did think it was really interesting and good. Um, uh, and uh, my one thing right now is I'm reading a book called Queer Weird West Tales, which is an anthology by Julia Baza, or edited by Julia Baza, and um, it's uh, it's it's got some really good stories in it. Uh, I I will give a caveat that um, uh, <laughs> it's it's called Queer Weird West Tales, but um, West for this anthology seems to mean any kind of frontier. So there's a story about Robin uh, soldiers in in Britain. Um, and 
an outer space story, et cetera. So, um, but, but to me, that added to the fun. There's a lot of variety of styles in it, uh, and I thought it might be of interest to some of you or your listeners. Anyway, thanks for the show. I love it. Bye. Thanks for the, the message there, Sarah. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Uh, yeah. The Fisherman is awesome. Also, we we listen to your your voicemail sort of IRL in real time as <laughs> as as we're recording this too, and we all get a kick out of the the idea of memorizing a poem yeah. in lieu of a birthday present. Like that is such a a great a great tradition. That's so, amazing. Yeah, maybe that can be our Christmas gifts to each other. This oh year. man, I kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> I kind of like that. Uh, that's so great. Uh, so, uh, good stuff there. I'm going to definitely check out the, uh, the, the queer weird West, uh, like the sort frontiers. of frontiers book. I love the idea of the frontier not being necessarily like the, the American West. Mm-hmm. I, that's, that's my idea of the West yeah. is the, the, the Howardian West, the, the American West, the, the interplanetary Federation West. I love, I love those ideas of, of the frontiers and that's so cool. Mm. I also have to say I love that she called it her one thing. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I appreciate yeah, that. baller. That's great. So, uh, thank you, Sarah, and uh, everybody. Hop on that fisherman train. Der Fisher, he's yeah. <laughs> gonna bring that son of a bitch down. Let's go, uh, Dutchman's Creek. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be a big day. It's a. It's a dark, dark holler. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Josh, I'm excited for hearing the the final report once you get to the end of that book. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll be quick with mine. Uh, I'm gonna do a, a little bit of a sneaky and say I have two things. Uh, the first is uh, I'm reading uh, Stephen Graham Jones's uh, The Only Good Indians uh, more recently, and it is probably the the absolute one thing that I'm loving. Uh, in the past few hours, and it very well could be like the best book that I've read the whole year. Uh, Josh kind of was asking about what's your favorite book you've read of the year. I think this very well could be. Uh, but my one thing that I finished up a few days ago, sort of in between our last episode and this one, is a television show called The Bear on uh, on FX, I guess. And I watched it on the Hulu. Uh, have you guys heard of this? Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched the first episode. I love it. Yeah, I loved what I saw. What about you, John? Have I've you never so, heard one thing. It's, about it. it's I, like, I'll say Ashley could not handle the stress of the one episode and was <laughs> like, uh, "I'm piecing out on this one." It's uh it's like, it's like a cooking confidential, like cooking drama, like foodie culture, family drama, okay. inner city Chicago. So it's uh just a story it's a family story it's a broken family story it's a dark depressing kind of family story and i would dare say it's a sword and sorcery cooking show i've i made the remark at some point it's some like a, a few days back on the on the whetstone like discord server saying like that the the uh the bear is like sword and sorcery but for like cooking and it is because it's very much like this uh, up by their bootstraps, uh, restaurant. It's like a, it's like a sandwich shop in Chicago. The the family. It's low stakes. Well, it's it's low stakes to the world, but very the highest of stakes for the family. Everything's dysfunctional, and it's just so badass and poignant and beautiful. And 
uh, it just hits all the right feels. So if you're a sword and sorcery fan and you're listening to this podcast, I presume you are, uh, and maybe you like good food, I would say check out the bear. It's, it's awesome. It really is a cool show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the, the first episode, um, the there's, I don't know. I don't want to say anything that would be too spoilery. I guess it's, it is tense. Is the restaurant called the bear or is there a bear involved? Uh, no and yes. Okay. Sort of. Yeah. Cool. Uh, the bear is figurative. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So basically. There's a a dream bear in the first. That's exactly right. Yeah. In the first scene of the first episode. There is a Jungian bear that permeates the whole season that has a whole lot of importance. All right. Uh, but Carmi, Carmine, uh, comes back. He was working at a, a James Beard uh, four or five star, like Michelin star restaurant type place. He, was he head chef there? He was working his way up to the ranks. I can't okay. remember. Or like a sous chef? Yeah. Something like that. And he came back. Uh, he has uh, a family member who has died. He's taking over the, the, the family restaurant, the sandwich shop, which is like inner city Chicago. So it is very much tying it back to Langan and regional uh, artistry. This is a story where the city and the region is as much a character as, as the characters, you know, and it's so beautiful. It's, it's a, it's a little bit of a pirate ship uh, because it's all these people like in a, in a galley, like they're cooking and doing everything right. There's a dozen of these characters and they all have their own little quirks, right? It's beautiful. It really is. Uh, if you're into an SNS kind of kind of style of storytelling, this is a cool thing to to hop into. I so I think it's cool that you made that sword and sorcery um, analogy. I was thinking of it as like a submarine story. It's like, that it's that too, like they, man. Like they they could leave, but they are they don't, and nope. they all <laughs> are trying to get along with each other. And well, and I think throwing barbs at each other and things like that. And I think it's that they're all damned, right? Like there's this this uh, like, and that's kind of the sword and sorcery angle is that these people are not, they don't necessarily have uh, op- opportunities and options. They're not the chosen one. Right. Like in Carmine and in, in Carmi's instance, maybe he was the chosen one, but he had to come back home because he had like family responsibility. Right. It's the, you were chosen, but nah, get back and take care of things. Mm-hmm. And the other people are, are struggling and, and scraping. There's a lot of that very personal stakes story that's at play uh it's so good uh and if you like cooking and you like food uh if you like any moments from that movie ratatouille where there's like the the heartfelt moments of what food means this has the like has that in spades it really is genuine and able to tap into like some deep-seated uh uh family kind of dysfunctional cultural bits tied to like what we put in our mouths. You have to write an essay on this so that I can see it in print, the words sword and sorcery and ratatouille. Like, in uh, man, it's there. I, I, know, <laughs> I know just the publication that you could put it in. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it's sword and sorcery, like culinary fiction. Uh, it's a whole new subgenre just birthed. Like, uh, I don't know. I'll think about it. Like, uh, 
knife and spoon. Something something and something, right? You got to put right. that little ampersand in there and have have a couple of different utensils. Swords and, and sorcery. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's it. Uh, those are our one things. We had some good one things. This is good stuff. They're always good one things. <laughs> put them all in a pot, stir them up, and you got yourself a... One thing. Oh, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Mm. All right. Cook them in a pot like gumbo. Oh. Could I have some of that whiskey? In of course you can have it. some of this whiskey. You can do. Oh, we've got we've okay, got a lot I'll of whiskey. Do, I'll start. I'll start with the 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 high west and end up in an ancient age. Mm. <laughs> an ancient age undreamed of. I love this. That's going to be our our uh, tagline. <laughs> we might have to rip off uh, Buffalo Traces. We can do that. Like like take the the AA mm-hmm. <laughs> ancient age mm-hmm. undreamed of. I like that. Coming it up with it. Kentucky, All right. Kentucky Straight Pulp Podcast. <laughs> oh, dude, we're doing marketing right yeah. here on the show. I like it. Really? Okay. Dude, can we make a bourbon? Like a crown I mean, we bourbon? can. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, we Shit. We don't need no license. I mean, we just need corn, right? It's 51% corn. A lot corn. of corn. A lot yeah. of water. Limestone water. Limestone you this. water. You know where to get oak trees. Yeah, man. We could, we could make whiskey if we wanted to. Yeah. Uh, so, poetry. So, there's three poems... That I selected for us. One is a pretty famous one called Always Comes Evening, uh, which you may have heard of because there's a collection by Howard that's titled that, right? Yep. Uh, also, it's one of his more anthologized poems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I picked a couple others. One is called High Blue Halls, and then the other one is super short. It's a, sh- it's a short little joint. It's called Summer Morn. Uh, so those were three that I kind of ran across and I thought they would be cool for conversation because they're all very colorful. And while that may seem, uh, a superficial way to address Howard and poetry to me, it seemed like a cool, I don't know, just something that would be easy to talk about, easy to work through. Mm -hmm. So that's what I have for you guys. I'm kind of springing this like, like uh, to, to the listeners, Nobody's read these things ahead of time. We're kind of coming into this episode closed. We, we're, we're like uh, like blind, like blind. Yeah, not not closed, but blind. So Open. a little I'm- bit a little bit different here uh, than than other episodes. And I don't know what we'll do going forward, but at least for today, we are basically coming to the table with three different poems that I've selected that we can talk about. That's the format. I will also point out there's not even a road to poetry this season. Like even the listeners are going to be surprised. It's the yeah. the uncharted. Yeah, you're supposed to feel <laughs> it. Road. That's right. We'll feel it as it go. Yeah, we're going to do it live. All right. So, do we want to maybe read a couple of the simpler poems and then work up to "Always Comes Evening"? What do you guys think about that? You're that's driving a, the bus. That sounds that good. Sounds like yeah, a good if that's plan. what you want. Okay. So, this John, is this is you. This is the easiest. The simplest. <laughs> So the the back page is a little bit of the the, the publication oh, history. Okay. So, but you can just read the the, the read the poem itself. So Maybe it was take a moment. Two thousand six. Yeah. No, it was first. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So this is one uh, that has some coal relationship to it. Okay. Yeah. You want me to read the first part or just the poem? No, just the poem. Just the poem. I mean, give it your best. Okay. Well, I'm gonna look at it, figure out my meter, and yeah. then I'm gonna go. John Pull your beret down tight. John is looking at the paper. 
I like his this, eyes are focused. I like this golf commentary style. His hand is steady. Knees weak. Arms are heavy. <laughs> his vomit right. on his sweater already. Mom's What's spaghetti. the Friday Night Lights remark? Like a uh, clear eyes, full heart. Clear can't, can't lose. Full heart. Can't lose. Can't lose, John. <laughs> Amra stood on a mountain height at the break of a summer morn. He watched in wonder the starlight fail and the eastern scarlet flare and pale as the flame of day was born. I can see that. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's a it's a very short little vignette, right? It's right. A, it's just a scene. Uh, Amra makes an appearance, which mm-hmm. I thought was cool. That was the thing. Like I was just combing through some of the Howard poems, and this one, like that 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 daybreak scene, just sort of like resounded. That and the the Amra was the thing that made me for sure latch onto it. Uh, you were definitely my mental stand-in, Josh, for Amra. Me? I, yes, I saw you in Thanks. this poem. And on a mountain drinking coffee, mm-hmm. and you were watching the sunrise. Belly hanging over my nope. trousers. You you were in a, a neat sort of like a quarter quarter zip fleece. Ah, in my okay. mind. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, so it was very dignified. Yeah, very you're dignified. <laughs> so so John, can you read it one more time for us? Though it's yeah. short enough, I feel like we can do for that. sure. Uh, give it the did the, I do the it? do the, no. You did fine. Okay. You All did right. good. But <laughs> we're we'll keeping your, it. Both. Your due your due respect and time to. Sure. We'll we'll hear it again. Okay. Amra stood on a mountain height at the break of a summer morn. He watched in wonder the starlight fail and the eastern scarlet flare and pale as the flame of day was born. I love it, dude. It's good. It's a good poem. It is good. Five-line poem featuring Amra the Ta'an about whom a much longer, probably unfinished work was also written. So this is included in the Delray uh, Cole book, and it's not included in my Lancer Cole book. Uh, so this is part of some of uh, Howard's just bits and pieces on the cutting room floor, seemingly. Mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, s- stuff was found that people didn't know about all through the, you know, the um, 20th century the, of, of Howard's works. I wonder if when the Cole paperback came out, if this was you know, yeah. still hidden away. Somewhere. It could have been. Uh, John, you were just flipping through mm-hmm. it. Is it in the Kaufman collection? Yes. Okay. The Foundation Press one? Yes. The one that. So you and, so you and Josh not, both. This is not a Foundation Press. Thing. Oh, then no. Oh. But this is like the, the Frank Kaufman like selected poems. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, Kaufman uh, edited and uh, collated some poems. It's called Robert E. Howard Selected Poems. Um, with introduction, selections, and commentary by Frank Kaufman, and you can get this on Lulu um, for around about uh, thirty bucks shipped to you. Um, and it's beefy, like yeah, it's, it's yeah. not complete, but it is a a pretty thorough combing uh, through of some of Howard's best poems. Seemingly, it seems like it's a, a great if you want a big like doorstop of poetry. Uh, from Howard, that seems to be your best case, right? Uh, we'll talk about, like, there is this edition of Always Comes Evening that was, like, the second uh, Howard book that was put out by, like, Arkham House, and th- there's other, like, Howard poetry books that are out there, but you would be hard-pressed to find something as uh, comprehensive as the as the Kaufman text, I yeah. think, like, 
from what I know. Based on what you printed out here, this was first published uh, Halloween of 2006 in Cull Exile of Atlantis by Del Rey. Uh, pops back up in the same, uh, the soft cover version of that. Then starts appearing in some European collections, Cole Azul de Atlantide. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then we've got Cole Exile of Atlantis by Subterranean Press, which retails mm. at either $150 or $400 from oh the cover. Um, then the collected poetry of Robert E. Howard by the press. Yep. Uh, by the Foundation Press. Uh, looks like a few times they collected. Right. And then some more European versions, uh, Call of Atlantis, Verbant aus Atlantis. Nice. Uh, another euro, uh, 24 euro for that one. Nice. Uh, looks like Patrice translated it in 2010 for one of these collections. Maybe Cole Leroy Atlante. Uh, mm. yeah. So, uh, Patrice Lunet, famous in the, in the, the foundation and the Howard and Howard yeah, circles. Yeah. So, uh, uh, we, if we can get him to read it in French for us at the yeah. next at the next Howard days if we get to go. We we. I like <laughs> so I like this I like this poem because it's uh I don't want to say it's like got a level of positivity but it is like the dawn breaking really does come through mm-hmm. and it's so very colorful. No, yeah, the scarlet uh, flare and pale. I mean that that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. And it you know. The dawn is one of those times where we're changing, right? We're we're in this liminal state, mm. uh, mm-hmm. but it is it is kind of this theme in Howard's works of of civilizations uh, cresting and and rising and falling, and you know the, I think what does he say? What's the last? What's the line about the the stars? He watched guy in, dying. He watched in wonder the starlight fail. Fail. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so a good observation. That, I, think yeah. a, I think that is is an interesting way to put that feeling of of watching the stars slowly one by one like fade. The end of night. Yeah. Is, it's not. It's not necessarily happy for the night. But no, it <laughs> fails. Like yeah. It, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it it fails before the power of the coming dawn. Yeah. Apollo triumphs. And, yeah. Yeah. Rises chariot into the sky, but it's a cycle, mm-hmm. which which Howard is super into mm-hmm. as well. So, right. you know, not even just with civilization, but even with his characters themselves. Like you could also see Conan, like oh, a new day, plenty mm-hmm. of time for it all to go wrong, uh-huh. and, and plenty of time for it all to go wrong. Uh, <laughs> and I believe that, <laughs> I believe that Amra is older than Conan. Like this idea of of Amra as this as this you know barbarian character is older than than Conan mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Uh, in in Howard's mind. Very good pick. Good pick. Yeah, that's I like that a lot. Nice. That's an easy one. Uh, this next one, I think, I really like it. This might uh, fall within what we would uh, categorize in our last our last episode as like uh, eighth grade poetry for Luke uh, and maybe eighth grade poetry for Howard. I think like it's pretty rhymy, but I do think it is very beautiful. I love it. I, I don't. I don't want to. Like, shortchange it here. Uh, but it's called High Blue Halls. So I'm going to hand it off to Josh. Okay. And hopefully my coffee stains You're haven't uh, wrecked it too much. <laughs> I think you can see. But I do have some coffee stains on that thing. The back page, again, is the ISFDB kind of reporting of where it's been collected before. Your motivation is you are a voice actor. 
This is your audition tape? <laughs> in Atlantis. <laughs> in Atlantis. <laughs> bubble, bubble, bubble. <laughs> Sorry. That's stupid. Uh, <laughs> High Blue Halls. There's a kingdom far from the sun and star with never a wind to dree where the golden balls of the silence falls in the high blue halls of the sea. There's death to change in that kingdom strange where its days are all the same. Its blue floors blaze in a golden maze through a purple haze of flame. Through an emerald sheen, dim shapes careen and white limbs trail and quiver. In rose pale fire round spear and spire in white desire they shiver. There's never a tree for eye to see, but ever in ghostly showers, great petals white drift down the night like a wild delight of flowers. There's a kingdom dim neath a ghost tree's limb that throbs eternally. Life's furthest halls where magic calls in the high blue halls of the sea. I feel like I'm just surrounded by water. Like as yeah. you're, as mm-hmm. you're, as you read that, and that that was the thing that really struck me with it is it's so palpably colorful. Like yeah. it just seems very uh, watery the whole emerald, way through. Gold, golden, blue, purple, emerald, white, rose. I mean, in rose pale fire, I guess. White again. <laughs> Ghostly showers. Yeah. Where magic calls in the high blue halls of the sea. This is good. I've never read this one before. Uh, so what? Uh, flip over to the next page. What's the collection uh, history for it? So this one. It, it was, was a, I think it was something that was relayed to like uh, oh, okay. his, his buddy, right? Yeah. Um, it says, first published in the collected letters of Robert E. Howard, volume one, 1923 to 1929 where it appears in a Howard letter to Tevis Clyde Smith yep. in April of 1929 uh, that starts with Salam, <laughs> the iron harp that Adam christened life, dot, dot, dot. Um, and then it was in the collected poetry of Robert E. Howard um, from the foundation. Robert E. Howard selected poems. So this one is in the Kaufman yep. volume. I think, and I think maybe the, uh, the, uh, the, the summer morn might be in there also, okay. I think. Uh, but yeah, it seemed like these were all kind of in that nexus. Like, yeah, yeah. So what is it about this one that spoke to you? Is it the rhyming scheme? Is it, it was, the colors? It was, I, this was the one of the first, this was actually the first one that I thought, oh, lots of colors. I, I read it and it was easy to latch on to. Mm-hmm. It was very colorful. I was kind of searching for how can I come up with a, a trio of poems to read and this was the first one that just stood out as an easy kind of bit of low hanging fruit. But I do think it's very it's very pretty, and I think it is very much within the realm of a Howardian poem because it has this like deep history Atlantean kind of feel. Uh, it's not necessarily happy. There's this feeling of something under the water, right? So those are the things that. That made me kind of latch on to it. Uh, yeah. It's fallen. Like, it's failed. It's, yeah. The civilization is, is no more. Yeah. Is there any extra bits that are added in there? John, you're looking at it in the, the Kaufman book. Is it just, like, naked and the, the, the poems there? Yeah, just, okay. You want to do it one more time? I can if you want. Yeah. I feel like we can. Yeah. I feel like... 
Did with I get the job? Or no, 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 you no, nailed it. Yeah. You're gonna <laughs> you get nailed a bonus. it. You're gonna. <laughs> you, you and John, you passed your your your, <laughs> your, your, your oral casting exam. calls. <laughs> High blue halls. There's a kingdom far from the sun and star, with never a wind to dree. Where the golden balls of the silence falls and the high blue halls of the sea. There's death to change in that kingdom strange, for its days are all the same. Its blue floors blaze in a golden maze through a purple haze of flame. Through an emerald sheen dim shapes careen, and white limbs trail and quiver. In rose pale fire round spear and spire, in white desire they shiver. There's never a tree for eye to see, but ever in ghostly showers, great petals white drift down the night like a wild delight of flowers. There's a kingdom dim neath a ghost tree's limb that throbs eternally, life's furthest halls where magic calls in the high blue halls of the sea. It is very captivating. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm scuba diving in Atlantis. Yeah, yeah. it's in 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 that consistent sort of cadence to it. I. I I don't want it to be too cheesy, but it is kind of like burble, burble, burble. You're kind of like just sinking down. Yeah. Like there's no complication here. The rhyming scheme is is consistent, and that's in contrast to like the the poem that John read, which is only like five lines. But there's a little bit of twisty twist, like mm-hmm. at lines three or four, that kind of flip things. It's 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 a slight play on the the scheme, and so I don't know, like that those. Two poems I thought were simple kind of little juxtapositions. I like this one particularly because, I mean, it is Howardian, right? The fall of a civilization. The greatest civilization. Right, Atlantis right. is underwater, <laughs> right? Uh, this is an era, like, when he would be writing this, presumably where there is some of that, like, antediluvian world stuff getting uh-huh, published. Right. And, you know, theosophism is, is riding high. So... I don't know. I, I, I quite like the idea of him pointing out, oh, yeah, well, it's it's still underwater. and <laughs> There ain't yeah. nothing happening there. I'm looking uh, at it like in terms of its construction. So there's a kingdom far from the sea and star with never a wind to dree where the golden balls of the silence falls in the high blue halls of the sea. So star, dree, falls, sea. So is it A, B, C, B is that this rhyme scheme? Like first line do, doesn't rhyme with anything. Second and fourth lines. So rhyme. is that A B C B? Is I, that how I it think works? So. Yeah, I think. I think that's the progression. If I understand what, and this is just from reading some of Frank Kaufman's stuff, but it looks like line one. Yeah, yeah. no, that's A-A- that's the scheme. A A B C C B. Okay, right. So, are you looking at like two far, verses? Far and star rhyme in the first line. Dree and C oh. are B balls and falls. Okay, okay. I wasn't looking far enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I was just so, looking and at the that's first that's verse. what's fun is that there are the rhymes in the middle of the, right. the middle of the lines. Mm-hmm. But what Josh <laughs> and I were talking about were the rhymes of at the end. Right. Yeah. So with that, it is. Uh, an A B C B scheme, but in the middle, there's the uh, there's there's further rhyming that's playing. Yeah, 
it's a fun rhythm. It, it the rhythm for that one is kind of natural. Yeah, like it's it's easy. Like this is the first time I've ever seen it. That's you, how you latch onto it rather yeah. easily, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's how it <laughs> seems I, when, to be for I me. I didn't mean it to be so, like when I said before. No. It's like eighth grade or sophomoric. It's it's the the classic like write a poem, Josh, and that's what you would come up with. And make we it were rhyme. About, like that's how like, would... you would make a rhyme. Make Anytime. A rhyme. There is a poet listening to us that's like screaming yeah, some sort screaming of absurdities of like we are making them driving them mad. Yeah. But this is a rhyming poem that is very pretty and evokes feels. Mm-hmm. It does the thing and it is very much a traditional rhyming poem. Can't argue with it. No. So then it's the facts. That's what it is. <laughs> All right, so the last one and I really hate that I'm reading this cuz I'm the the least best reader not true of our group not true. <laughs> objectively Lifted, i think no i think objectively i have the i have the the least best voice for uh for oration on the show listeners email in call in and tell luke <laughs> that his voice is wonderful podcast king here man yeah. <laughs> no i mean i'm i'm insightful i'm incisive i've got good words i've got all kinds of like fun <laughs> jokes that i can throw out but i do not have a dominating voice nor do I have uh, a voice that is that booms, I would say. Okay. But that's fine. It's okay. None of us do. I'm comfortable with it. Uh, so the, the final poem is a lengthier one, and it's called Always Comes Evening. This is one of those poems that's a, that's a favorite of the, the Howard poetry circles, I would say. I mean, Samaria always gets the the big accolades, right? Mm-hmm. And that kind of stuff. Uh, and you know, what's the other one? You know, it would be King. Like, yeah, the the Road of Kings. Road of Kings. Like that always. Those I would say those are the big two, and then this is the this is the number three spot. Uh, unless I'm missing something else, but like these are these are big ones. Uh, so notably, the title always comes evening was used as the title for a collection of robert e howard poems that were put out by arkham house uh and so this was the second arkham house collection i looked it up earlier i do believe the first arkham house collection by howard was called like skull phase and others so it wasn't like a conan collection it was like a rando howard collection that arkham house put out which is pretty cool i think it was like uh, horror stories and, yeah. and like the the pulpier kind of right you know uh uh scary stories that he wrote so it's kind of neat i have to i don't know i didn't have the chance to do any a books searching or anything like that uh for what a copy of always comes evening fetches for but i have to think it's hundreds of dollars that it has to be a, a pretty 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 uh i mean it says here 536 copies were printed one way and then 100 copies the other way. Oh, this yeah. is one of those books that only had like a 700 book run. So highly collectible. Uh, anyway, so that's the name of the collection. So that always come evening collection has like 60 plus poems that are collected there. Uh, but the always comes evening poem, I think, is really pretty. Uh, and I like how there's a repetition of phrase. I don't know if I'll be able to nail it if I'm reading it here in a second, kind of stalling here. Uh, but 
I like it. There's a lot of, I think, next level uh, descriptions of color and the scenery that kind of pop up. So while you take a look at it, I'll point out that <laughs> I, I just did an A books search for Always Comes Evening, the collected poems. This is the first edition. Uh, these were collected by Glenn Lord. And um, there's a copy here uh, for 2000 It's a hardcover. Oh, shit. Only $6 shipping, though. Oh, but they didn't, this do, one, they didn't do free so shipping. That's what's so funny is you see these books with these costs, and it's like, are you really going to put like free shipping <laughs> yeah. or like $10 shipping? Be real. Just say like plus whatever. <laughs> How do you even do that? It's <laughs> uh, hilarious. Uh, anyway, so – you, you can get to twenty five hundred for free shipping. You, you, right. You you can get a copy of this. It is uh, housed in Elizabethtown, New York. Nice. What's the bookseller? Um, S- super super dudes, rare rare books. Oh, they don't even this have is, it. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't have that. Rare. I don't think I have that information in front of me. Store. It just says visit seller's storefront. Mm. It's an association member. They don't even tell you. It's nope, just... It's, they're a member, <laughs> they're a member of the association. It's like that dude that owns the bookstore in the Ninth Gate or something. It is. Yeah. That's <laughs> you exactly show up to a is. rando bookstore in Italy or something. Wasn't that in Italy? Like, it seems like it. Uh, Maybe. Anyway. He, he, the he devil did some globe, globe trotting. Yeah. There's some serious globe trotting going on with that. Did we talk about that? Uh, I think we did do a a, a, spook, a spooktacular uh, really Cromtober about that. I really that. love that movie. Yeah. Anyway. I've got it on eBay for 1400 Hey, that's a deal. Mm. And 1075 which I must assume. With your they're, shipping? They're gouging you on shipping. Oh, oh my God. $4 shipping. I don't, I want free Conus shipping. Get out of my face. <laughs> uh, it was me to rate the app. It's like, this is not the time or the place. <laughs> Buy it now. <laughs> Oops! Fourteen. I was looking to see if it was missing the. Merry Christmas! <laughs> right. That'd be for the fun. next three years. Oh, it looks quite nice. Nice. All right. It looks cool. Uh. Anyway, so that was kind of the linchpin. Like I, I read uh the the high blue halls first i was like colors and then i came across the always comes evening i'm like this is a famous howard poem uh it's also very colorful and then i searched around for the the summer morn one which was cool because it had this coal kind of connection and it had been you know reprinted or i guess published more recently uh so yeah so all of that, those are kind of the three. All right. So I'm beating around the bush. I'm going to try to read Always Comes Evening. Okay. Mm-hmm. Excited. All right. Riding down the road at evening with the stars or steed and shoon, I've been heard an old man singing underneath a copper moon. God who gemmed with topaz twilights, opal portals of the day on our amaranthine mountains, why make human souls of clay? For I rode the moon mare's horses in the glory of my youth, wrestled with the hills at sunset, till I met brass-tinctured truth, till I saw the temples topple, till I saw the idols reel, till my brain had turned to iron and my heart had turned to steel. Satan, Satan, brother Satan, fill my soul with frozen fire. 
feed with hearts of rose-white women, ashes of my dead desire. For my road runs out in thistles, and my dreams have turned to dust, and my pinions fade and falter to the raven wings of rust. Truth has smitten me with arrows, and her hand is in my hair. Youth she hides in yonder mountains, go and see her if you dare. Work your magic, brother Satan, fill my brain with fiery spells. Satan, Satan, brother Satan, have known your fiercest hills. Riding down the road at evening, when the wind was on the sea, I have heard an old man singing, and he sang most drearily. Strange to hear, when dark lakes shimmer to the wailing of the loon, Amethystine, Homer singing under evening's copper moon. It's about the best I got. Good job. That was good. That's a hard one. It was hard. Amethyst, There's a lot I of mean, tongue twisters. Amethystine. Am- Amethystine. Yeah. Thank Amethystine. you. That was yeah. the best That's there the at the end. Uh, yeah. And coming across it, right? Yeah. You nailed it. There's, you there's didn't, a lot. You didn't miss a line. Uh, so there's a lot going on there. I like the, like, uh, what's the right word? Technically, outside of the content, I like how the story has a rhyming scheme that's predictable, but also there's these occasional like repetitions of 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 terms. The the Satan, 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 I think is really cool because it's not it's it's kind of a it's not a cop out. It's just an easy sort of like like drum beat that kind of like comes into the story. And uh, I think it works. I think it's cool. So I I like that kind of component of it. And in terms of language, I love the, this is not like blues and emeralds and, and, and whatnot. It's not like color descriptions. It's, there's more, there's more metals. It's topaz. It's rust. <laughs> it's more stones. Wings. It's yeah. It's more dwarfish. St- it's more <laughs> stones and uh, animals and those types of color descriptions. It's, I like that it's a song in a poem. It is a song in a poem. Yeah. It's so. What is the old man? What does the old man want? Is he asking Satan to like rekindle his heart? He says, Satan, Satan, brother Satan, fill my soul with frozen fire. Feed with hearts of rose-white women, ashes of my dead desire. So, with the hearts of the women, he wants Satan to feed his the ashes of his desire, right? Like, he's he wants to, I don't know, feel something again? What does this dude want? I think it is about feeling something again. He's seen it all. He's at the. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily just that he's at the end of his life. Because he's an old man under a waning moon. It's that. It's that sort of a. It's all ashes in his mouth, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there's nothing new under the sun. Yep, yep, yep. Did he waste his life? In in a later, a later line, he says, "Youth, she hides in yonder mountains. Go and see her if you dare." Yeah. What's the What's the biblical reference to that? Like uh, a. like, ho- like hopeless, like what you were just referencing. Oh, that, uh, uh, 
turn to ashes in their mouths. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Put your sackcloth on. Yeah. Everything is uh, ashes in my mouth. Like nothing, nothing. All is nothing. Like yeah. there's this meaningless. Oh man. Biblical scholars are. All three of them that are listeners <laughs> of our show. But let, uh, we'll, we'll think of it here. Ecclesiastes? But, but, is that what you're saying? Uh, that, that part maybe. about meaningless, meaningless is, is Ecclesiastes. Is okay. But I don't know if the ashes in your mouth. Okay, is maybe the same. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it is a just the Ecclesiastes, but it seems like, like that appeal. Yeah, like, like like the what does it mean? Yeah, the the waste and the desire to have it back, and only if only I knew when when I was young what I know now. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems as though like uh, what's the Game of Thrones line? Like your your fires burn low, my king. Like that's uh-huh. what's happened to this guy. And he's turning to uh, Satan to bring him back to maybe a former glory. I love this because if you think of, if you, like, what is the title? The three words always comes evening. Um, What does that bring about in your mind? Like, inevitability is what I think of. Yeah. Like, like. I, I... I agree with that, but I also like I like evening. Uh I like when uh-huh. when the sun sets and and uh those those golden rays of sun cast on the trees and turn the the uh landscape to to that golden color. But those are not the colors that Howard is working with here. This this is They're darker, everything is rusty and, and it's yeah, it's hard, it's cold. It's 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 purples, blacks and blues and the coming of the night and the winter. Yeah. So it's misleading to me, and it's it's not. I'm not trying to say that's a bad thing. I like that. No, but I think it's good. Always comes evening. Sounds like a poem that he might have written about Novelin, right? Like uh-huh. you know, at least I'm gonna. At least there's the evening. At least there's the time for me to be me, right? Like I'm not okay. a soda jerk, or I'm right. not you know working in the uh-huh. ice house or something right. like that. You know, right. yeah. Uh, but that's not what this is about at all. I guess. The more we talk about it, the more I feel like this guy sold his soul to the devil. Like, and now he's come to collect. Like, with evening comes the devil. Mm. I don't know. Because it says some uh, the, the line, truth has smitten me with arrows and her hand is in my hair. It feels like he's there's a realization that's been had. I don't know. Yeah. I thought, Youth she hides in yonder mountains. Go and see her if you dare. I thought the truth was the ugly truth that we're all going to grow old. We're yeah. all going to die. Like yeah. it is an inevitability, right? Like this old man is at his. Is he's in his waning years? Um, night is falling. This is the opposite of the first poem we read. Like day is not breaking. Night is falling. Yeah, that's that's true. You did that. On so purpose. you ordered these in. <laughs> I absolutely did not. <laughs> Whether intentionally or I will, serendipitously, I will do the double we, bow. And we started say, with morning. absolutely. I I nailed it. You I nailed intended it. that. No, that was my this intention. This was definitely high noon. Uh-huh. Sun is shining down mm-hmm. into dead Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Now the night is coming. I honestly thought Good job. also too going into this that we would start with this and like work through the simpler ones, but that's not what we did I'm on the show. So yeah, this is good. No, I think this is it. I don't know. We're setting precedents for how we talk about poetry, but I do think there's something to be said for starting simple and working, working onward. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this is this is a more complicated verse. Mm-hmm. There's the story within a story, which is super cool. There's the 
the rhyming scheme, which isn't that complicated. It's pretty, pretty clear. Uh, there's the use, the turn of phrase, but then there's the question of what does it mean that mm-hmm. we're wrestling with here? It's, it's less of, I stand on the mountain and I drink my cup of coffee and God damn it, it's a good morning. Yeah. <laughs> Which good is kind of like the the, the best the, part of waking. Yeah, it's, exactly. uh, it's, the Amra is like a Folgers commercial. Right. It really is, it is. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've just I've just made my uh, my camp my camp stove. I've boiled some water. I've got my That's, coffee. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's like the run into a banshee. <laughs> no, no banshees on this mountaintop. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. different than what we're grappling with here. <laughs> But I think there is kind of a weird offbeat uh, rhythm to this poem. Like, it's not as, it's not necessarily as straightforward as High Blue Halls. Well, there's a lot of wordplay going on here. Like, mm-hmm. with the way that things are, there's a lot of uh, tongue ties. Yeah, anything that's going to use amaranthine, amaranthine in the first stanza and amethystine in the final one, mm. that you're... You're reaching like Annabelle Lee levels of sepulchre, sepulchre by the sea mm-hmm. kind of yeah. tongue twisters. What is amaranth? It's a gem, right? Yeah, yeah. And and amethyst is, is it another. Yeah, is it, yeah, it's another yeah. gem. And then you've got the uh, the topaz. Like there's there's gems throughout. There's these juxtapositions of gems and uh, animal colors. There's a lot of. Uh, very visceral feels like mm. I don't know how to say it. Like you can put your hand on that rock, you can hold it up to your hand, like your hand and your face, and you can see the color of the rock. Uh, the raven dust, rose white, like a rose petal. You can think of that. Mm-hmm. Pinions, like of the of a of a tree, right? Uh, what else? I had another one here. I mean, dark lakes obviously pops out too. the moon mares horses and the glory of my youth. Like there's, there's a lot of animal stuff going on in this, which mm. was the other thing that popped out to me was how, uh, wild it seemed, how feral, like all of it is very, uh, physical, like of the earth, whether it's the dirt and the rocks or the animals of it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. And, like when you talk about when you talk to someone and refer to them as brother, you know, to me it conjures either Hulk Hogan or you're in church. <laughs> yeah. And so it's almost as if this old man is is trying to level with brother brother Satan. Let me tell church, you something, church, brother. Church style and not Hogan. Hogan not style. Hulk, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it a lot. There's layers. It's easy to see why this poem is so attractive to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what? Samaria and the Road of Kings. I don't want to dumb those down, but Road of Kings has like this anthemic, like power metal. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 like heavy metal. Robert E. Howard, like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it die dogs. Like he's he's. He's he's uh he's flexing Dio style with that, mm-hmm. and Samaria is this uh, misty mountain kind of kind of ode uh, that he's 
putting out there. Yeah, it's Bil- Bilbo. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Maybe, yeah, maybe. It's or, Bilbo in his older years. Yeah. Uh, but this is, I think, the most insightful of the three. And there may be another Howard poem or two that we're, we're hopping over that are of equal importance, but I don't think so. I think those are kind of the big three. I think those are the big ones. I'm, yeah. I'm sure, you know, there are several, like the dragon, the hour of the dragon has those verses. I right. Think. Um, but as far as like poems that are not the frontispiece to some sort of story yeah i I think you're right a clear actual statement of of a poem yeah uh and if you ask different people like if you ask chris gruber this he'll probably say you know no that's there's some iconic boxing poems right that maybe yeah Yeah. so so everyone's gonna have their own their own thing right um but i think you're right i think this is the this is the big one yeah along with those other two that you mentioned yeah i like that you used frontispiece you get Lots of energy yeah. from that. Like, Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Big frontispiece energy. Big, big got, that, got that frontispiece energy. <laughs> uh, but this, I think this is a cool one. And I think the other ones are cool too. I like them all. I like the Folgers commercial. <laughs> Summer Morn, I'm never going to be able to think of it any different. <laughs> uh, I like the, the the Atlantis blue walls. Uh High high blue walls, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it is very peaceful, but how did the peace come about? Right. Like it's deadly peace. There's no people, right? <laughs> there's no people in this one. Um, and then when you get to always comes evening, the the story within the story will get me every time. What do you think this guy is thinking about this old man that he sees crying out for sucker to Satan? I mean, it's not happy. He's reflecting on what this other man, who he himself is going to become, right? Like, that's the assumption is, I'm seeing my grandpa, or I'm seeing my dad, or I'm seeing this older behave in this way. This desperate way. This desperate way, and guess where I'm going. There's no way, there's no way to get around that. It's the inescapable. Because always bit. comes evening. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty. It is pretty. It I makes like me want to know more about like Howard and his favorite poetry, like what inspired him. I don't know if that's ever been talked about anywhere that you guys have that's, read through. That's a good question. Um, so, you guys talk. Okay. And you're going to do some about, quick Googling. About who you think might be. I would imagine. Howard's favorite Howard's poems. Yeah. Yeah. poems. Yeah. Or, yeah, his favorite poems or favorite poet. I mean. I don't see him liking Walt Whitman. <laughs> no. I don't see him being like a Waldo Emerson fan. No. Maybe. He was. Yeah, he maybe was. Maybe Poe, right? Yeah, maybe. I mean, he was counter to a lot of the contemporary. Bits. I mean, we talked about that with uh, with Carney's uh, Darkman article mm-hmm. last time around. It seems like, of course, he would have liked the longer form stuff of like, oh yeah, uh, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, like, like, like uh, Gilgamesh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like anything like that. Yeah. So, 
in a letter to Lovecraft. I don't have the date. This this is actually in a document that that we started in 2018. Well, actually, that's the last date. I think we started it much earlier than that. <laughs> um, brainstorming future sessions of the Chromecast in no particular order. Um, says, for poetry, I like Robert W. Service, Kipling, John Maysfield, James Elroy Flecker, Vansittart. I don't know if I said that right. Sidney Lanier, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, The Bennets, Stephen Vincent, Better Than William Rose, Walter de la Mer, Rupert Brooke, Siegfried Sassoon, that's a good name, Francis Led- Ledwidge, Omar Kayam, oh. Joe Moncure March, Natalia Crane, Henry Herbert Nibs, Lord Dunsany, G.K. Chesterton, Bret Hart, not the wrestler. Not the hitman. Not the hitman. <laughs> Oscar Wilde, Longfellow, Tennyson, Swinburne, Virek, Alfred Noyes, and again, yourself. He's referring to Lovecraft as one of his mm. favorite poets. So do we know where that came from? That is in a letter to Lovecraft. I okay. don't I don't have the right. I don't have the actual dates. We so could would that maybe... have been in the like the dairy, like the the the, the long letters collection? Mm-hmm. I believe okay. so. Uh we can we can certainly include that information in the okay. show notes. Uh I don't have it That's I don't awesome. have it in front of me. No. Um that was that was to help us figure out who Good, good on po- us for including that. Yeah. So there's a lot of Poets there that I had no recollection of. No, no idea. Some of those, some of those folks. Now I said somebody, and you said, "Oh, like you recognized," and it was. Hang on, let me get back to it. It was Walter De La Mare, maybe. No, it was uh, Omar Khayyam. Okay, Omar Khayyam. Yeah. So who is that? Who is that? Uh, Let me make sure that I know what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, He was. Uh, yes, like uh, active in the years uh, between 1000 and 1100. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, in the times a, before the yes. Ocean's Creek Atlantis. <laughs> he was a polymath. Uh, I'm just reading bits from his, his Wikipedia page. Okay. Uh, I've is... heard about him spoken of recently, I believe, because I was listening to a podcast about Persia. Nice. Uh, and he, he is from that area of the world. So. Yeah. He's known for his contributions to mathematics, astronomy, philosophy, and Persian poetry. Cool. He was born in Nishapur, the initial capital of the Seljuk Empire. As a scholar, he was a contemporary with the rule of the Seljuk dynasty Dynasty around the time of the First Crusade. Um, he was known for cubic equations, um, calendar making, all kinds of cool stuff. So, yeah, I, I had heard of him recently, and I was like, oh, wait. Uh, okay, I find that intriguing. Uh, Howard had at least one woman in there. Uh, mm-hmm. He has a, a Persian philosopher poet. Yeah, uh, seems like a, a well-read poetic individual. There, it sure based does. On that and list. you know, Oscar Wilde, um, Longfellow, Tennyson. Those those are those are people yeah. known for longer form. Yeah, Wilde yeah, and man. Tennyson were a bit of a surprise. The fact that we started with Kipling, I was like, oh yeah, no, that vibe. Yeah, you know, I I, I can, can see that, that one. Uh, Poe wasn't a surprise, but right? Yeah, that was cool. Good list. Yeah, perhaps could inform some of our choices. Going it might. Yeah. yeah, I wish I'd thought of that before <laughs> tonight. Uh. Yeah, it's funny because, like the uh, what is it the the charge of the light brigade? Mm-hmm. Do you guys know that? That's yeah, yeah. A, that's Tennyson one. Mm-hmm. That was always as a as a teenager one of my favorite poems. Yeah, but now that I'm thinking about it, that's got those those big. Howard, like Howard vibes, 
kind of kind of going through it. It are seems you, like Howard has haunted you for much of your life, perhaps. Are you going to? I look didn't even know up? it. The treasure of the light. Oh, I thought that, no, no, that's why you you fervently unlocked your phone. <laughs> I did fervently. <laughs> Quick to Google, <laughs> help me Google. <laughs> All right, are we are we mopping up on this episode? I believe so. We've we've made a mess, so we should clean up. I think no. we've I think that was we've good. been good, man. This is fun. I like the the, the kind of loose structure of what we're going for here. Uh, we've got some... We have an email. Yeah, we've got some email stuff to go through. Let's make sure we hit all that. Mailbag! So... Mailbag. We talked about Sarah. <laughs> That's right. Are you moving on to Eric? Eric says, hey guys, I've emailed Eric. you a few times before, and tonight I wanted to drop you a, uh, drop you a short line to thank you. I tried to read the Robert E. Howard Conan tales once a year, and back in 2017 or 18, Someone started a thread on the Something Awful forums about them, and a forums user said, Hey, if you want to listen to a podcast where three guys read the stories for the first time and discuss them, I can't recommend this podcast enough. <laughs> and that's, that's that's us. That's us, yeah. Three randos read Conan. <laughs> three weird dudes. Uh, since then, when I make my annual pilgrimage to the Hyborian Age, I read the stories in the Ripke chronology order, which makes the most sense to me. And after each one, I re-listen to the episode where you discuss that particular story. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know anyone in real life that has read these except my father. And hearing you guys talk about them is fun, always enjoyable. And I have spent hours and hours doing it. You always make me laugh. And you also make me think about aspects of the stories that I might not have seen myself. So thank you for doing this. I have also followed along through other seasons as you read through other things. I read the Fritz Leiber stories for the first time along with you guys. And I dearly love the discussion about Chandler, Dracula, and Shelley. Keep on keeping on. I love you guys. You're appreciated. Oh, Eric. man. Wow. Eric, Isn't that nice? That's a big oh. boost. Eric, I would give you the biggest hug, dude. Yeah. Uh, le- <laughs> legit. That's, yeah, that's, that's That's powerful. Yeah, that's awesome. That's We, we never, ever, I think, uh, intended for anyone to ever find this show <laughs> when we started it. We didn't think anyone would tune in. So the fact that it... Uh, means something to to people like like you, Eric. It means a lot. I'm yeah. really really happy about it. Glad you dig it. I, yeah. Similarly, uh, I actually have been doing some research on podcasts, like science behind podcasts, recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the initial stuff that people were publishing, like in 08 and ten ish. Okay. Uh, there was a lot of data that said that people found podcasts to feel uh, like anti personal, like. That they were a very impersonal way of communicating. Okay. But then everything from like 18 onward, 2018 onward, talks about parasocial relationships and how everybody feels like. Oh, right. Yeah, right. we're all hanging out all the time mm-hmm. on pirate radio. Uh, and this feels like a perfect encapsulation of that. I so, think so, too. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Eric. Yeah, that, that means a lot, man. Thank you for dropping us a line and saying those things. It's, it's really awesome of you. And uh, just kind of looking ahead with where we're going. We're hopefully going to be talking about some. You'll have some new some stuff stories. to listen yeah. to. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a new version. I am curious to see what the hell I think about things that I said a decade ago. Yeah, I guess me that's too. The, the way that we'll leave it. Is the big that, hint. This oh, is yeah. the, this is the teaser. Yeah, let's leave it there. I'm curious about that too. Like, we're going to listen to our shows from ten years ago. <laughs> As the podcast yeah. and like and podcast about those shows, yeah, it's yeah. going to be very mad. We're going to do the opposite of that. We're <laughs> not going to listen to our podcast from ten years ago, but we're going to do the same 
materials. But a bump bump. Yeah, man. It'll be an age of dream death. <laughs> a road of I'm, kings. I'm a road ex- of kings, I'm, ex- I'm excited. And again, I love it that uh, if anybody's discovering anything at the same time as we are, mm-hmm. you know, with, the cool thing with our show is that I think objectively, or no, no, I guess, yeah, objectively, uh, I think objectively a cool thing about our show is that we have three different people that have dramatically different experiences with the medium and we're kind of talking about, talking about stuff. Like in a lot of shows, it's like you know nothing and I know everything and let's explore it oh, together. Oh yeah, we could really dollop this up. Right. Yeah. There's that kind of that, that kind of vibe. But we're not quite so extreme. We kind of have a, a a gradient established right. of of what we know about any given topic. I don't know. I'm the fool. No, you're <laughs> no. Sometimes you're the expert. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we, uh that's know. the way that it plays. Right. And and sometimes the I'm the fool, chair. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that is the cool thing about our shit. Yeah. yeah. There are those who would say there's not enough conflict on our show. Yeah. Maybe. We're too harmonious. Oh. So I'm gonna say there's no such thing as sword and sorcery and die <laughs> on that hill. I'm gonna get angry. <laughs> yeah. At you guys. No. <laughs> hey, you Guys, I can't, I can't say mad at you guys. <laughs> uh, uh, this is going in the weeds, but I think that our trudging along over the years has been fun. But the idea of we did this thing and let's go back and look at the thing is really attractive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I keep I like I want to read more Fawford and Mouser. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that keeps me from reading like Fawford and Mouser, like and not talking about it with you a holes. Like I could do that. I could do that without. Like I could do that with <laughs> Kane. I could do that with anybody. But I want to do it with you, right? You know. And there's so many like uncharted territories, and we keep reading. And that has so that has stopped me from reading certain things because <laughs> I it really has because I've I've thought you know mm-hmm. maybe we're going to cover this sometime and I want to I want it to be the first time that I've read it yep. with with you and with John. I, I will be absolutely honest. I have not reread Elric stuff for like years. Yeah, me too. Because I'm like we're gonna we're gonna talk about more Cox stuff on the the Chromecast at mm-hmm. some point. And I need to I need to save this up. Mm-hmm. I need to save this juice. Yeah. Uh, but conversely, I've not like reread things because we've been so focused on stuff that we're going to. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Of, often this material is what I'm reading for fun, right? It's like the main is- thing, right? Like it's it's. I think it is funny that you know I don't think any of us would win a a Goodreads like challenge. For yeah. our, like, how many books are you going to read in the year? Like, I always set mine. Whatever. If you want to laugh at me, it's fine. But I set it at, no. like, 22 or 24 books a year. And like, if I can if I can read uh, a book every two weeks, that's a, an accomplishment. And, yeah. and since we've been doing the Chromecast, I've never met it. Because mm-hmm. I'm not counting the, the, the short the stories. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, all of the other things. And talking about it with with Liz, she's like, 
oh, you're always reading something between, you know, this or that and the other, like, air quotes, fun stuff, the things that aren't officially, like, being counted for Goodreads are a third of it. Yeah. Or whatever. I count my Chromecast stuff for my Goodreads channel. Do you? Okay. Yeah, Yeah. I, I never do. I didn't know um, we were, I, I feel like I'm cheating now. You're, you're, <laughs> not, you're not cheating. I, I think if you read the whole book, you're you're certainly right. not. Yeah. Right. Um, and if I read the whole book for the podcast, sure. Yeah. Well, it like, depends. Like when we read Dune, I, I added right. that. Yeah. Because but that's a that's a book. Lee's book. I, I, yeah, I read right. that on my. So, um, and those are the things that, like, if I've read them before, then I don't count them. But uh-huh. if I'm reading them for the, f- like, fresh, then they will count. But. I don't know. It's it is interesting though. Like there's this trade off of what are you reading for the show versus what are you not? And of course with us, it's kind of a gray area, right? Mm-hmm. We're reading yeah, for right, one because, thing. Yeah. yeah, it could be one thing. Right, it could right, be something right. it could be that we've read something like I would love to talk about the fisherman someday. Shoot, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um so yeah, it's I think that we have been doing this for a decade and I never imagined that we would do this for a decade. And I'm so glad and I'm not tired of it. Like I want to just keep, keep Plowing. going. Yeah. Keep it's going. Into an age undreamed of. Into an age undreamed of. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Are we wrapping up? Do we have any other emails? No other contacts. I don't think, I don't so. think uh, I'll double check. I've got my, the, the Gmail open. I've been on um, my phones. Yeah, we got the uh, the Eric. We got the the voicemail from Sarah, um, and we've got some some stuff from some people about a certain publication that will come out midwinter. But yeah, but Chromecast Chronicle, Chromecast Chronicle three um, is in the works. But otherwise, no, I think that's it. All right, well, we'll bring it home. We'll wrap it up. We'll put a little bow on it. And so, just so we're clear, for the three of us. Let's, let's, uh, okay, here's how we'll do it. Who's gonna do the poems next time? You have a, you have a quarter or anything? <laughs> What's my, my British accent? Are you guys gonna flip? You wanna shoot? Okay, oh, you oh, flip. Oh, shit. You flip. Why is his head backwards? Dude, uh, whatever, you got two-fa- double, double heads. Yeah, all right, <laughs> flip it. Heads. heads. All right, I'll go next. There all right, uh, Josh is selecting three poems mm-hmm. for discussion amongst the group. They don't have to be Howard. Yeah. I did that this time around because I was unclear on the rules and I wanted to go for low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. So if you want to pick something else, you can. We'll, we'll do we'll do a, at least one Howard. Okay. Um, and, and we'll do a couple of others, yeah. All right. I don't know who yet. All right, and John, you're the I'll, last. I'll be bringing up the rear. <laughs> the rear. I have threatened you both with the rhyme of ancient mariner multiple times. So. I'm I'm down. That sounds yeah. like a, I've never read it. Yeah, rhyme me hard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we probably wouldn't read that one live on the show. That would be why like not? A, I think that would be like an hour of reading. No, would it really? I don't know. It's a lot. I've got like a book. We'll see. We'll think about it. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll decide. Yeah. Maybe we can. Maybe we can read like uh, let's excerpts. get fresh. We're yeah. just gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. we'll be an audio book. <laughs> that I'm, would I'm, be hilarious. This, this is free. It is free. It was just. <laughs> <laughs> All it costs is your time. Dropping rhymes yep. of ancient mariners on the Crowncast. That's right. If people would like to encounter more of this content, yeah. If you wanted where? to actually seek this out, yeah, 
<laughs> where <laughs> do they do this? That? And you're yeah. like, man, I want more of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you would go to the chromecast.blogspot.com where we house all of our materials dating back to the year 2013. Big old archive. Yeah, it's big grand archive. Year. Grand year. Uh, and you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook at the Chromecast. We're still on Twitter until that until it burns down. Like Man, we're, we're gonna be there. Uh, honest question though. So what? Yeah. Well, I mean, if Facebook goes away, Facebook sucks. Yeah, Facebook. If Twitter goes away, then that kind of sucks. Yeah. It's okay. We're on archive. We're on archive. Yeah. But how will people know about us? They'll listen to the show. They subscribe to their how favorite podcast. Yeah. How apps. will they find the show? Yeah. They're buddies. They're right? buddies. Yeah, that's right. It's word of mouth, people. Speakeasy type culture. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. Tumblr. I'm, I'm pro Tumblr. <laughs> Are we on Tumblr? I have I a mean, Tumblr. I don't, we don't I have know. a Chromecast Tumblr. Yeah. yeah. I like, I mean. Let's make one. Okay. And I like Mastodon. Tumblr. I like pictures. Yeah. It's my Insta. Let's do a OnlyFans. Neil Gaiman would follow us. <laughs> Not right. on OnlyFans, sorry. Why? <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't put feet pictures, your, I your no, no. pictures uh, of your I was, feet. I, I said something about Neil Gaiman right as you said OnlyFans, and yeah. it sounded mm-hmm. like we were saying he yes. would follow us on OnlyFans. He would follow, he might. He might. He might. How do you know he wouldn't? I don't know, but I didn't want to imply that you he think, yeah, you, think he likes, you think he likes Crocs? The shoes? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of yeah. Crocs these days. And long, so long maybe socks? I'll put my, uh, my Crocs, on, Crocs on on OnlyFans, our yeah. OnlyFans page. I mean, we've been punk rock. We haven't made any money. If you start doing that, <laughs> that's, that's going to start yeah. rolling in. They're going to be like, Jesus. What are you going to do with all these Bitcoins? All of the Tolkien-esque people who are what in are the hobby. What are you going to do with these Crocs? <laughs> these Crocs. <laughs> all these Crocs. Look at the, that crocs fresh, the freshly coiffed thing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Look Did at you those, perm that hair? Look at those hair. Hairy-ass feet. Anyway, we're also on Instagram at the Chromecast, and you can uh, call us 859-429-CROM or drop us a line at the Chromecast at gmail.com. I love it, dude. Thank you for closing us. All the time. And we love all of you. Yeah. Much love. We'll see ya. Peace. Poetry brought out all of the feelings.